Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Into the pit lane and our Continental Tire pit lane reporter, Shea Adam, who is enjoying the very best of the early summer, mid-summer, I suppose you would say, Connecticut weather. This green and pleasant land is looking superb. The temperature is awesome and we've got the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship cars already on pit lane, Shea. Well, 17 of the 18 are out on the pit lane. I am eagerly awaiting our championship leader in GTD, the number 48 Paul Miller Racing Lamborghini. That is the only one who's not come out yet to enjoy the sunshine of the pit lane. But uh, we've got a very perfectly formed field. I think you said it uh, properly, John. We found out this morning that one of our cars was expected to be here is not. That's number 16 Wright Motorsport Porsche. There was some previous commitments that came up and clashed with one of the drivers, Michael Shine. So we will be missing him. This would have been the closest thing to a home race for them, but they still have their number 58 Porsche. One of the drivers, Patrick Long, who's had quite a bit of success here at this track, four wins. He will be the first driver out in the Porsche, but there's one car already in line at the uh, pit exit that I'm going to be watching early on in this session, John. Another guy who's got four wins here at Lime Rock Park. That would be Mr. Andy Lally. They have elected to send out Andy in the Magnus mm. Racing Audi on stickers. So if he can get a clear lap early on before all the rest of the traffic comes out to play, we might see the quickest time of this session coming up very, very quickly indeed. Hey, he was very good the last time he was here in an Audi, I seem to remember. Jeremy Shaw, good morning. Good morning, John. And uh, Andy Lally was also very good last time out at uh, Canadian Tires Park a couple of weeks ago. They had, he and uh, John Potter brought home their first podium finish of the season. Great to see that team having such a strong run there. And uh, there's certainly, uh, as you say, as Shay Adam says, with the success Andy's had here in the past, and both these two guys love this little bull ring of a racetrack, that car should be fast. Uh, live from trackside today and tomorrow, every single session covered. Hello to Jason Owens, uh, talking a little bit earlier on in the Continental session about uh, getting up here if you can for tomorrow i accept that many of you'll be listening sneakily listening in at work Shh, we'll keep it quiet for a while it's all right uh, jason saying uh, my six-year-old's first race was at lime rock park last year he says don't think about it do it the imza paddock is fantastic very child friendly and my youngster was offered multiple teams offered by multiple teams the opportunity to sit in the cars the circuit itself is great Everybody have a good time. Sorry, can't be joining you there this weekend. Yeah, four of the drivers have had a birthday since we last <laughs> saw them in action, by the way. Jan Magnussen uh, was uh, on um, July 4th. Was, uh, we, we were just after that, weren't we? Oh, OK, we were, that was just before uh, mm. the uh, race in, in Canada. But uh, after that, we've had uh, Richard Westbrook, uh, Earl Bamba have had birthdays, and Catherine Legg also a birthday uh, last week. So uh, congrats to those. Uh, drivers and uh, I'm sure all of them looking forward to getting back in action here on this uh, really challenging racetrack. We saw the uh, Porsche was super fast here last year, last season. That car has been, uh, you know, it's been a bit of a disappointing season. They've had two wins this year at uh, Sebring and then in uh, De 
in uh, mid-Ohio, but uh, they certainly think they came in here with higher expectations, but we've still got a fabulous battle has been going on in the GTLM field. We've got the top uh, three cars covered by just eight points coming in here. Then the next three, they're covered by just one point. That's the uh, Oliver Gavin, Tom and Milner Corvette and the two Porsches, just one point covering each of those three. And, you know, that we've seen some fabulous racing between oh, all of the GTLM manufacturers this weekend. The BMWs, by the way, they've been struggling lately, just not getting the uh, the most out of those cars, perhaps, and or certainly not a consistent basis. But they've got a bit of a help from the uh, balanced performance this weekend, a little bit more uh, turbo boost which uh, should help them a little bit more horsepower. There uh, been some speculation, particularly amongst some of the other drivers in GTLM, watching those cars from uh, from their vantage point behind the wheel. And they wonder whether the, whether, whether the BMW team, for some reason, has been struggling to take full use of the curbs on many of the race tracks yeah, we've I've been heard to. Yeah, I've that too. And, uh, I think they'll be good here, Jeremy. We saw at yeah. Canadian Time uh, Motorsport Park, they're strategized themselves it's like, terrible english they use strategy to get themselves into the lead of the race a couple of times and when that happened they were difficult to pass yeah. you know over a, a long green flag stretch they drop away but it's tenths here and tenths there when you actually are racing them those cars are hard to pass they're getting better they're still learning the cars and round here we know that BMWs in the past in GT have tended to be uh, have tended to be very uh, aerodynamically efficient and uh, produce a lot of downforce, which is not necessarily good for long straights. But the the speeds here are pretty high through the corners, and I think there'll be a well balanced car around here. Yeah, certainly the team is, I'm sure, is hoping that would be uh, the case. We will see fairly shortly as things begin to unfold. What uh, has been a, a hallmark of GTLM, I think, this season, though, is we, won't, we don't really see the ultimate p p p pace of each of the cars until we come down to qualifying, and that'll be... Uh, that'll be or the last pit stop. Or, yeah, or, yeah, well, that's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I, yeah, the, the, you know, the, 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 uh, what, we've got two practice sessions today three practice sessions today for these cars another one at 155 this afternoon and a third one at 455 each of them for an hour of duration so plenty of pr track time for those teams today uh, but i wouldn't expect to see you know they'll, they'll be interesting and they'll be, they'll be using for to to uh, gather data in preparation for tomorrow's race but i fancy it might not be until tomorrow morning we see really how fast they actually are. What are we judging the GT Daytona and the GT LM times against, Jeremy? Yeah, pole position time last year, which was a record for GT LM, was by Jimmy Bruni in the uh, Porsche at a 50.404. It's an average speed of 105 miles an hour. Uh, and in GT Daytona, it was Madison Snow was on the pole position. Championship leader, of course, coming into this weekend with a brilliant season for the Paul Miller racing Lamborghini team. They've been on the podium uh, in every race except for one, and the one they weren't was actually the last time out at Canadian Time Motorsport Park, mm. where they finished fourth. <laughs> so it's been a really, really good season, good consistency. And uh, Madison Snow it was who set the pole in GT Daytona last year at a 52.5. Even that was an average of 101 miles an hour. Let's uh, head down to the pit lane where Shea Adam watched all but two cars go out at the very drop of the green flag. What's happening now? 
The number 67 Ford, which was uh, out here on time, but did not leave the pit lane when the green flag was waving, did not go out on track. Ryan Briscoe said the clutch felt quite a bit long when he drove it out to the pit box. So the crew guys took all the panels off that they needed to, added some fluid, and hopefully that did the trick. They seem satisfied. Computer's still plugged in, and everything looks good. Ryan just climbed back in the car. He and I stood in front of his car and watched some of the other GTLM cars getting off the pit lane speed limiter, and he said, I can do it better than them. So I think uh, our championship leaders in GTL on this weekend, Richard Westbrook and Ryan Briscoe, coming off their second win of the season, looking to make it three and looking to do it in style. This is Ryan's home track now. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Bit of a lockup going into West Bend for Porsche number 912. Earl Bamba on his early laps out of the pit lane was with her last night and Lawrence Vanter down at Porsche of Wallingford who know how to put a good evening on their first first time we visited uh, them when we've been here at Lime Rock Park uh, Steve uh, Jen and the rest of the team doing a cracking job down there uh, Michael in parts as well who I met last night we had the Porsche Pink Pig RSR there which is doing a bit of a promotional tour uh, we're down to 51 seconds already 51.1 for Nick Tandy loves this place Tandy on a rich vein of form at the moment uh, which hasn't necessarily in fact the Porsche's on a rich vein of form and pace Jeremy which hasn't necessarily netted them the results that I think they would have expected or have liked yeah true and um, I, I think you know they uh yeah, that, that Porsche though was so fast here last season. Uh, I think did they finish one two one year ago? I think yeah. they did. Yeah, uh, yeah, they did. And um, so yeah, th th that's certainly going to be the car to beat here this weekend. But you know, as we've seen, yeah, all of the races this season have been really hotly contested and and, and not uh, just about uh, pace, Jeremy. No, and certainly true. not just about one lap pace. Yeah. Um, we we've seen that, and I know this is a bit of a stuck record for those of you who listen to IMSA Radio a lot, but honestly, if you want to be anywhere near the sharp end of any of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship classes, you've got to have a perfect day. Yeah. A small result is going to take you, a small problem is going to take you out of any result at all. Um, never mind, take you away from, I mean, a few years ago, you might have said, well, you know, a little mistake, might not win, but have a shot at the podium. You can't, you can't expect that anymore. Uh, it's brilliant, isn't it? And I was actually chatting to Richard Westbrook this morning exact about, about that exactly, and he's saying, you know, how much f how much fun it is. Oh yes, uh, the because of that, love it. they absolutely love it. And there was a, a thing on Twitter or Facebook something about from Lawrence Vantour this mm. this uh, this week saying, uh, maybe it was on DailySportsCar.com, but saying how much he enjoys the racing here in North America for for, for so many reasons. Number one, the fact it is so competitive. Not that that's particularly necessarily that much different from Europe but it is it's super competitive but also yeah, the tracks and the venues that we come to here in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship He said something very interesting last night in the Q&A was asked about Lime Rock Park and how that compared to circuits in Europe and he said um, quite categorically uh, we don't have any circuits like Lime Rock Park anymore back yeah. in Europe they've all been effectively I'm paraphrasing here he said they've all been sanitised you know, when you can spin, and, and this is exactly what he did say, he says, when you can have a spin and spin around 25 times and 
snick it into first and pull away without hitting anything. Where's the challenge in that? He says, I understand about safety. He says, but where's the challenge? We're drivers. We should be making a difference. And, and tracks like Lime Rock Park, you make a difference. And he says it's incredibly satisfying to carve out a result at places like this because of that. They absolutely love it. I, I was uh, fortunate enough to be in... Uh, the airport with Nick Tandy, Tony Garcia, Richard Westbrook, Ollie Gavin, a couple of the engineers as well, after Canadian Time Motorsport Park. Thank goodness the British Airways flight, there's still a late British Airways flight on a Sunday. And it, it would have made a brilliant radio programme. They were all buzzing. They were all absolutely buzzing for the same reason, because of the fact they feel that they're making a difference when they drive. And that it's not necessarily the case. You know, you think of somewhere like Spa, a tremendous race circuit like Spa, but there's no jeopardy there anymore. You can make mistakes and you don't pay any penalty for it. And that's what Lawrence was saying last night. If I make a mistake, I expect to have a penalty. I expect to, to have consequences. And he says, here, you make a mistake here, that's your weekend done. That's not just, oh, I've lost a couple of seconds. That could be your weekend all over and done with. And yeah. he was saying that in a positive way, though, Jeremy. Yes, that's the thing, isn't I like, it? He said, he, I, I like that. And I like drivers who like that. The, mm. those, these guys are real-world, old-school drivers. And this is proper motor racing. Uh, good for them. And thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, let's uh, pick up some news from the pit lane. Uh, Alvaro Parent has just pitted in the 86. Uh, right up there in the championship with Catherine Legg. Uh, 86, not looking exactly the same as the last time we saw it, Share with this Continental Tire Pit Lane report. Well, it, I was going to say it's back to its old livery. It looks like it did at Daytona and Sebring and Mid-Ohio, but there is one difference now that I've gotten up close to the car. The roof and the rear wing both emblazoned with the Sirius XM branding on it, so it does still bear the marks of the car that uh, was victorious at Belle Isle and then we saw at uh, Watkins Glen with its new livery in that black and blue and i kind of missed that black and blue it's very pretty uh but alvaro Prent, like you said driving the car this morning Catherine leg up on the pit box she's second in points al is currently sixth so neither one of them technically out of the hunt at this stage in the race that was one of our entry list changes it was confirmed this week that this number 86 will run the remainder of the season which is excellent news for Catherine's championship hopes there was one other entry list change for this week and that is the number 15 which is normally driven by jack hawksworth and david hennemeyer Hansen this week is being shared between Jack and Super Mario Farnbacher. So two of the three from their Watkins Glen lineup. David electing not to come and race this weekend. And if you're listening, as I'm sure he is, we miss you, David. Can't wait to see you back here at Road America. But I think Mario and Jack will be a force to be reckoned with in the meantime. That's Shea Adam with that Continental Tire Pit Lane update. We're live from Trackside as we offer every session, either in sound or sound and vision this weekend via imza.com. TV, IMSA.com, and of course the IMSA app and RadioLamont.com and all of our usual syndications. Delighted to say that Rob Dyson has joined us. Hello, Rob. How are you? John, it's great to be here. Wonderful weather, and uh, you can't ask for a better place to watch racing than Lime Rock. Uh, congratulations on the recent birthday. Yes, right. Thank you. That was, you know, put another one, racked another one up. and Another uh, lap around the sun completed. That's right, exactly. That's the way I look at it. Good way to put it. Yeah. Um, this place has some great memories for you and for Dyson Racing. Oh, sure. Well, it's because it's uh, from my house. It took me 35 minutes to get here. <laughs> but for the guys, it was a hometown track. And uh, when we started club racing, and on Tuesdays, they used to have open practice in the afternoon every Tuesday. 
So we could bring whatever car we were running, and we brought almost every car we ever ran over, and it was just convenient because it wasn't very far away. We could literally come over. But when I first started club racing, we'd time it to get here at 4 o'clock when the entry fee went from $15 down to 5 <laughs> Why does that not surprise me, Rob? <laughs> ever, ever the man looking after the dollars and cents. I was just watching a, an archive race from, I think it was 87 here, uh, with you and uh, James Weaver uh, driving here in the Camel GTs back in uh, 80, 87. What do you remember of those days? Well, of course, the, uh, you know, in the Camel days, it was uh, a lot, of, lot more promotion all around the region. Uh, you know, there was a lot of money being spent in those days by the tobacco companies to push mm. their product. And, um, and it was, uh, a, 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 you know, big crowds. But, you know, you're getting big crowds here anyway because of the quality of the racing that you've got. And this weekend with these, this number of cars running in this racing on this racetrack, you're guaranteed hard, close racing. This is a racetrack that demands respect from the drivers to the track, but also we were talking earlier, Rob, about the drivers to each other. You, you can't be leaning on people here. Hard, close racing, but respectful racing has to be the order of the day. Well, that's right, because it's narrow. In addition to that, uh, you know, the, the, like I said, the cars don't work on the grass. <laughs> and uh, you could end up, if you're the, the, the person that's trying to lean on somebody, you could end up out there with them. So you've got to be careful. Fortunately, the weather forecast is excellent for today yeah. and tomorrow. Those to rain tomorrow night, which will hurt Chris's sprint car race down in Pennsylvania. But, but uh, if it happens, if it rains. But other than that, Chris will be racing uh, tonight and tomorrow down in Pennsylvania. Two, two different sprint car races in Pennsylvania. Yeah, but you're here. You've come I, here. I'm here. That's right. <laughs> well, it's a 35-minute ride versus uh, three and a half hours. So. Yeah, a bit, bit of a difference on the blame fare and yeah. the petrol. Yeah, absolutely. Any, he's certainly anyway, getting a variety, isn't he, Chris? Any, anyway, I'm going to tell you something. I, want, I listened to you, all of you guys, doing such a great job at the Le Mans race, and I will tell you, it brought it alive. You guys really oh, did a great so. job on it. It was That means an awful lot coming from it you. Was, you. It was terrific. Well, I'm a broad, ex-broadcaster, so the, the, the quality of your work and the the, the, the Adding to the drama that you could see on a streaming was was excellent. I compliment you. I've complimented you before, John, and, and with help from Jeremy. That you know the, the he keeps me right. The uh, you know the, the the what you guys bring to the race fan that can't get to all of the races. You bring a lot of the. A lot of the colour to the place, which is really important. That That's very kind of you to say. And coming from you with your background, that means an awful lot to the, the whole team. And Shay's just said thank you in my ear as well. I've got to ask you this question, Rob, because it's already coming up on Atimsa Radio, uh, radio uh, on, the, on the Twitter. Uh, when are we going to see Dyson Racing back in Imsa? Well, you never know. The keeps, mean, there's little rumours keep coming around here and there. You know, it. Uh, it's... Uh, uh, Clearly, IMSA has got a now that they merged. Now it's a little more unified. It's a lot uh, more uh, understandable, so to speak. The uh, uh, clearly the races, the venues that everybody's in are all familiar venues. Uh, we're taking a, a serious look at it, and uh, we're never far from IMSA. Yes. In other words, we've been here for a long time in sports car racing, and uh, you don't say no, and we're talking to people. The DPI concept, 
is for me is genius. I know it's I know people in Europe look at it and kind of go, I'm not really sure about this, but it works for over here, and we've got manufacturers literally queuing up wanting to be part of DPI. That must interest you. Well, that's quite true. And the other thing is, is that the quality of the cars is excellent, mm. and the the and the racing has been great. Uh, you see really great racing at the top levels of IMSA, which is important. Mm. And uh, you're right, a lot of factory support. I know that we do a lot of work for the Mazda folks. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and uh, it's been great to see their, all of our progress in, the, in that program. But also in the, uh, you know, just the overall conduct of the, of the races. And you see even the cars, the uh, LMP2 cars that come from overseas yeah. with that formula, with the Gibson engines, those guys are competitive too, which adds to the mix. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've had some terrific races, and nobody's walking away from no. easily. No, love it. Love it. Love it a bit. Uh, no prototypes here this weekend. A little bit of an off-track excursion uh, at the exit of Big Bend for the Wright Motorsports Porsche with uh, the 28, uh, the 58 rather. He's got Pat Long behind the wheel of that car. So that was Pat. Now, did he jump or was he pushed there? Not certain but has just become one of the world's most expensive grass cutters on the outside <laughs> and will be coming back in this time around. Gunnar Jeanette back with us uh, this weekend. Saw him this morning up at Marion's as well in the 63 Ferrari. Uh, Alessandro Balsam was there as well, so replete that 63 squad with drivers. Cut, uh, 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 Shea, replete with uh, drivers that this weekend. They can't get them all in the car. Well, Jeff was on the entry list, so it was Jeff Segal on the entry list. Uh, Gunnar's helmet is behind the wheel of the car, and it is indeed Gunnar driving on track now. That's the sound of him going past. Uh, Pat Long decided to stay out that time, even though his crew is all up on the wall waiting for him to arrive. And the 48 Paul Miller Racing Lamborghini has come to a stop right at the first IMSA pit box. I uh, wonder what's going on there, if they're trying to do a control-alt-delete of some sort, because their pit box is completely on the other end of things. Um, yeah, so all three of Cooper's co-drivers this year are here, and it's Gunner in for this session. I would expect it'll be Gunner in for the race then. That's quite a bit of a surprise. Yes, he did uh, have the look of the cat that had the cream this morning when he got out the higher car, and all of the four of them jumped out of the car. And I sort of looked and thought, uh, hang on a minute, there's too many drivers there for one car. <laughs> Has been a bit of a revolving door. Uh, of drivers in that 63 Ferrari this weekend. GTT led by championship contenders, the 86 Acura, Alvaro Perenz and Catherine Legg. Andy Lally back in the 44 Magnus Audi. He's won here for Audi before Andy Lally. He's in second. 52-3, 52-3, 52-3 for third position. Lexus, they're on a, a real... Uh, Fantastic run of form. Carl Marcelli in the 14 car as Patrick Long comes into the pit lane. We'll have a word with Shea about that in a moment. Yeah, so the order at the moment then in GGJ turns is Acura, Audi, Lexus, BMW, Lamborghini. So that's the top five all different. Then there's a second of the Acuras, then a Porsche and a Mercedes. So seven different manufacturers in the top eight, and they're covered by uh, less than three-tenths of a second so yes. far. Fantastic. In GTLM, it's Ford, Porsche, Porsche, Ford, BMW, BMW, Corvette, 
Corvette and a fire in the pit lane. Shea Adam. It's Brian Teller's car, John. It's the championship leader, the 48. When Brian came in and he stopped it, uh, I helped a couple of the officials push it back out of the way, out of the fast lane. But as the crew got down here, one of the members with a fire extinguisher pointing to the back of the car, and John Wright, who was very heads up, came down to check on the car to make sure everything was okay. He pointed out to the man with the fire extinguisher that there was trouble from the exhaust of this car. So the championship leaders in GTV in quite a bit of trouble. I don't expect to see them back out during this first session. Well, we'll get an update from Shea from down in the pit lane, that Continental Tire pit lane report, live from Lime Rock Park, wherever you are this Friday here at the circuit or further afield. Uh, Rob Dyson joining Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hindoff in the IMSA Broadcast Centre. Jeremy? Yeah, yeah and, and uh, I mean, Rob, you've got such a tremendous history of IMSA racing. I remember first meeting you here many, many years ago. Uh, and uh, are we going to see Dyson racing back in the IMSA, ch in, in the IMSA World Tech Sports Car Championship? Well, it's like I said to John earlier. I mean, we're not saying no, and we're taking a look at, a, at everything. We, we are racers, and uh, Chris is doing a variety of different projects. This week, this, you saw on his way down to a sprint car race in Pennsylvania tonight and tomorrow night. The Trans Am and, as well. Uh, he's a busy boy. And then he's got the Trans Am, yeah. so he's keeping the crew all limbered up. So then we, although we're not changing tires and doing much refueling in either one of them, <laughs> and the alcohol is a little different in the sprint car, but uh, but uh, we're, you know we're definitely taking a look at it. We'd we'd like to be back running uh, running an IMSA because the venues are so great, yeah. and uh, the competition is terrific. So it's kind of a heritage uh, place for us. But, you know, when people talk about Lime Rock, it's a, they say it's one and a half miles. When we were running our, the, the height of the GTP era, Lime Rock was the second fastest average yeah. speed yeah. of any track. Yeah. The only one that was faster was the short course at, at Watkins Glen. That was the mm -hmm. only one that was faster. Everybody says Sebring, Daytona, and all. No. Lime Rock was the second fastest track we ran on. And when people come here... And when people watch on television or listen to the radio, what they've got to recognize is that there isn't one second of driving that you're not doing something on this yeah. track. Yeah. This is a track that demands a driver's attention. And that's what makes it so so interesting, and that's why the competition tomorrow, when these guys get going, it is going to be tight the entire race. It's going to be a great show, a uh great show. The first, and I've just been handed this, thank you. Um, the first IMSA race here was 1972, May 1972. Uh, Porsche 911, Bob Bailey and Jim Locke won it. And given the, the format of this weekend, that was a GT-only event. There was no prototypes in IMSA that day. And the support race, apparently, back in 1972 was for oval track midgets, which it, it, I, I, I wish I'd been there to see that in, in those days. So this... GT-only format has provenance here, Rob. I didn't realize that. Well, sure, because when IMSA first started, that's all they had. <laughs> the, uh, the early days of IMSA, in fact, we did joint... Uh, 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 we had a, uh, a club racing car that we could run in IMSA and, uh, in the early days, and it was just, uh, you know, it was a whole different deal. Um, mainly the technical re regulations were different and the uh, and the officiating was entirely different i won't tell you which one was better but we ended up racing doing a lot of racing in ipsa and uh, and uh, and uh, those early those early uh, 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 ipsa races started because the original headquarters of ipsa was just down the road 
down the road in Connecticut here. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, a, again, for them, like us, it was a hometown track. What I love about this place is down through the years, the improvements that have happened, the paving in the paddock, uh, the all the infrastructure improvements, the fact that we're broadcasting to the world from here via super fast internet, which I don't pretend to understand. I just accept that it works. But the track itself and the character of the track itself, that hasn't changed. That's right. And for the spectator, that's the best no part No grandstands about it. here. Right. Sit where you want, take photographs, natural, great sight lines. Natural hills. Yes. Uh, I brought my wife, first car race you ever saw, Trans Am 1970. Oh. So we were up on the hill and watched the race. Yeah. And uh, that was before I had started racing. I you know, started racing shortly thereafter. But, but the, the, the vistas at this racetrack, if, if, if your listeners, if they ever have a chance to come to see a car race at, at Lime Rock, they should do it because it's a very comfortable racetrack to be at. Beautiful part of the world as well. You I envy you living and you around you don't have to it. walk too far to get anywhere No, either. well, that's, that's very true as well. What to get all sorts of different vantage points. Yeah. And if, if you're a keen right. photographer as well, there are plenty of places here that you can get very close to the track with no fencing in front of you and get right. great views, great sight lines, great sight lines. What's the, uh, what's the next outing for Dyson Racing? Chris this weekend doing his Well, Chris thing. is doing his uh, – he's, he's with the sprint car guys uh, down in uh, Pennsylvania. He's got two races, uh, one in, one tonight and another different track tomorrow night. Uh, tell you the truth, I don't know when the next uh, TA race is. I think it's down in uh, – I think it's down at VIR. Yeah. Yes, I think uh, you're right. Check, check your lo- local listings. <laughs> That's very good. You see, there's the old broadcaster so coming out. So check your local listings. Uh, Rob, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks Great to be here, to guys, and I'm honored to be here. And uh, appreciate all of what you guys do to bring this stuff alive to people that are not able to be here. And you did a fabulous job at Le Mans. That's very kind of Thank you to say. Good Thank deal. you very much. Thanks. Rob Dyson joining us live here in the IMSA Broadcast Centre. We've got 34 minutes left of this free practice one for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And you see, you can never have enough of the characters that populate the IMSA paddock like Rob Dyson. And uh, his team was part of the fabric of IMSA from when I first started coming over here mm. in the late 1990s. Raced just about everything. Had some great drivers through their hands, of course. Uh, think of Andy Wallace and uh, James Weaver, who many British drivers uh, had a bone to pick with them uh, after they first came over to the States said, hang on, guys, you've been racing here for years. You've kept this quiet. And, of course, Andy and James both said, yeah, of course we have. We didn't want anybody else to find out about it. This is magnificent over here. We want to keep this to ourselves. They were absolutely right. I couldn't believe it when I came over here. End of 98, and then for the season starting in 99, hadn't seen anything like this ever in Europe. It was brilliant stuff. And uh, that is... Part of the history. Oh, big yeah. spin uh, at the uh, outside again of Big Bend. And again, it's a Porsche. But this time, it's the 912 of Earl Bamba. So two of our Le Mans winners, Nick Tandy and Earl Bamba, have both been off the road there. Uh, Tandy must have understeered off because he went off front wheels first. Bamba must have oversteered off because he went out back wheels first. Didn't hit anything, though. Rejoined back on the track. And we've, we've got the full set now from the 911 and the 912. That's the Shield Villeneuve way of doing things. If you haven't fallen off once at every corner, you haven't found the limit. Seems reasonable. I've never had the talent to do that, to be honest. Uh, uh, by the way, it, it's, it's kind of, it, you're talking about the uh, the GT theme here at Lamar Park. It is kind of appropriate. This is the 50th race 
for GTLM. Yes. Since the formation of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship in 2014. And uh, uh, Shay Adam was talking about this morning that there's, uh, there's two drivers tied for most poles uh, coming into this weekend on five. That's Nick Tandy and Richard Westbrook. And uh, I was just uh, having a, a scoot through all the... Uh, well, a couple, a couple of interesting things here. First of all, GTLM wins during that period. Corvette has 16, Porsche 13, Ford 8, BMW 7, Ferrari 3, and Dodge with a Viper 2. So that mm. adds up to the 49. And because this is the 50th race for the uh, for the GTLM uh, category, and, and the different the different classes, by the way, have done a different number of races uh, over over the over the years. But this is the 50th race for a GTLM, and therefore uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, five drivers uh, have competed in, in uh, well, in all of the races. Actually, Richard Westbrook, uh, he did some of those in prototypes. But uh, he, uh, Richard Westbrook, John Edwards, Tommy Milner, Oliver Gavin, and Antonio Garcia were all celebrating their 50th start in the IMSA WeatherTech Ch- uh, Sports Car Championship this weekend. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's... Certainly yeah. something to keep an eye on. Also and the reason Young Daytona, Ma- sorry, the reason Young Magnuson isn't on that list yes. is because he went off and didn't start the race because he had a concussion. He had a concussion, so yeah. he missed. He missed the one. Vir yeah, so that exactly was. Right. I remember that. Yep. Uh, and in the GTD, two of the drivers there making their fiftieth start this weekend: Jerome Blakemolen and Andy and uh, excuse me and Brian Sellers. Andy Lally actually has fifty because he did uh, he did an extra uh, race. Yeah, was that? I need to check what that was, but he's got he's got fifty starts. It might have been that he did uh, drove uh, two different cars in yeah. one race. Yeah, uh, I'll check that for you. Uh, and and Bill Oberlin is who's who's is number ninety six car here by the way. Yeah, it is Bill Oberlin. Yes, it is. Who's driving number seven? Who's who's alongside Bill? Uh, Robbie, Robbie Foley? Foley. It is, but Robbie Foley back again. Okay, he yeah. wasn't on the entry. So Bill Bill Oberlin also celebrating his fiftieth start uh, this weekend. Uh, the other notable stat that we might see this weekend, and despite the fact they're 7th and 8th at the moment, uh, Corvette Racing, Team mm. Corvette Racing, uh, who two years ago at this very venue yeah. had their 100th uh, win as Team Corvette, uh, Team Corvette Racing, at this weekend could celebrate at the same venue, and what a lovely bit of symmetry that would be, uh, could celebrate their 50th, sorry, their 100th, North American win, uh, which would be extraordinary if it happened at the same place. And Shea's got another stat for us while we're doing the statos. Another Corvette stat. Right. David James, who is the guy at Le Mans who gets to toot the horn for lunch every year and then yes. shout lunchtime. This is his 200th race with Corvette Racing. Really? And Ryan Smith was telling me earlier that he thinks that this is like 208 for Corvette Racing as a program. So David yes. has been with them for a very long time, and he would love to be a part of yet another win for his 200. That uh, train horn at Le Mans has been, become something of a tradition very quickly indeed. Had a long chat with programme manager Doug Feehan for uh, an article that I wrote earlier on in the year for Mobile One The Grid. Uh, about Corvette racing and uh, the, I have a huge amount of, uh, of talking with, with Doug that I haven't used yet, huge amount of material um, and I think possibly the best thing to do with that will be, be me to package that up and use it as a, a long form interview on IMSA Radio and uh, over on our sister service 
I'll dig that out when I get back home. I've been a little behind on my uh, editing of um, uh, of content recently with uh, a bit of going on back at home. I've got a few things to catch up on and that is one of them. And I'll, I promise we'll let you know when that's going to happen because it will be sit down, put your feet up for about, I think there's about an hour and 20 minutes, maybe more than that. And every single second of it is pure Doug Feehan gold. It is absolutely to the point where I actually forgot to talk at one stage because I was too busy listening. And uh, that doesn't happen very often with me. But uh, Mr. Feehan is uh, is an engaging character, to say the least. And much like Rob Dyson that we were talking to a few moments ago, we are truly, truly lucky to have and fortunate to have so many real characters in the best sense of the word who have been involved in this into paddock for a very long time indeed we're getting down to the last half an hour in fact just inside the last 30 minutes no changes in the time 66 Ford from 911 Porsche from 67 Ford and in GTD Lexus Acura Audi so the 14 Lexus just jumping to the top ahead of uh, Parente in the 86 car Catherine Legg still to jump in that car as Marcelli Pitts from the lead of GTD 52.303 for the number 14 Lexus in a rich vein of form, the Lexus team at the moment. Much like the Porsches in GT Le Mans, perhaps not getting all the results that their performance uh, would or maybe should have delivered. But those cars are clearly, they're in their stride now, I think it's fair to say, with those Lexus been a good run of form for the BMW number 96 as well as Robbie Foley just takes over from Bill Oberlin and takes that car out of the pit lane. 96 Turner BMW. Brian Sellers' car, if you remember, Shea was mentioning that car had a bit of a fire earlier on. We'll get an update on that from our Continental Tire Pit Lane report. I take it, Shea, that car's been pushed out of the pit lane, has it? It's gone back to the garage, yeah. It was some unburned fuel on the exhaust that caught fire, John, but then the problem was that it spread to the bodywork, and it, it got the carbon going a little bit, so that's oh. what the big concern was. But they managed to get the fire out. They pushed it back, mechanics uh, pushing it all the way back, and sort of the ironic bit is since it had to go back towards pit in, means it had to go all the way back and then along a curve and then get pushed back along the uh, backside of the pit lane, to its garage, which is about halfway down. If they had been able to push it forwards out, it would have taken about half the yeah. time, but they didn't want to take a chance with that. They kept it far away from all the fuel rigs and far Smart. away from all the other cars. Very heads up and exactly what we expect from Paul Miller Racing, a team which, by the way, is going to have about 700 guests here this weekend. So there will be a big crowd out there cheering for the only Lamborghini in the field to try and come home with the win. We have not yet had a repeat winner in GTD, so it really That's would be point. something if they could pull it off. Adam with that Continental Tire pit lane report. Nick Tandy with two of the best sector times so far with 25 minutes to go. That being sector one and two. It's the Ford of Dirk Muller that has the third sector, extremely short third sector, just 11 and a half seconds or thereabouts. Lawson Aschenbach's just gone out in the number 93 Acura. It's the uh, redder of the two cars. Just a reminder, of course, that as ever, uh, Andy Blackmore's Spotter's Guide is available for those of you to download. 
who have that capability. Give you the chance to check the different liveries out this weekend. Going to Jeanette back out in the white, mainly white, WeatherTech Ferrari. Out goes the 911. Nick Tandy brought it in, but I think that was Patrick Peeler's helmet. As I did get, I do get to see the cars go out. Hey, Ashir, was that Pele that took that car over? It was. Uh, so it's Mr. Pele's turn. They did a practice pit stop, did a couple setup changes. They've been running some pretty stiff springs uh, so far this weekend, and I would expect that to change before qualifying session actually rolls around. But Nick with very impressive uh, sector times, even early on. Nick and Earl both missed this race last year, mm. and it was Nick's car that came home victorious with Patrick Pele driving. He was sharing with Dirk Werner. But it was Earl's car sharing with Lawrence Vantour, and uh, it was Jimmy Bruni who took the pole. So a Porsche weekend last year. They're trying to see if they can't make that happen again. But there's one car, if I look uh, about three down from where the Porsche boxes are, that will be looming largely in their mirrors, or hopefully in their windshield in his case. John Edwards is about to get behind the wheel of a black BMW for the first time this weekend. And when John Edwards drives black BMWs, he tends to win the races. I've joked with him before that it should be in his contract track that he always <laughs> has a black car and Yessi Crone drove the start of this session well John is now standing just outside the car well Yessi debriefs with the engineers and he will be going out there so we'll see what BMW has on their home turf for this practice session so that's the 24 car a change of livery then yes 24 is black 25 is white it's okay. a lot easier than uh, telling the pombos apart John <laughs> thank you Shay. don't remind me very good Shay Adam our Continental Tire Pit Lane reporter keep the Messages coming in to us at IMSA Radio. Plenty of you tuned in on what uh, clearly is a workday, or just the end of a workday over in Europe, just after 5 o'clock in the UK, 6 o'clock in Central Europe. Reminder that we've got the qualifying for Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. And tomorrow, Saturday, plenty of sound and vision for you with Continental Tire Race and WeatherTech qualifying globally available for you no blocks no breaks no interruptions just the action and normally plenty of it in both of those sessions and if you're outside north america then the whole of the imsa weathertech sports car championship on saturday as well for you if you're here in the states brian till and the fs1 team on a bit of a tape delay uh, that is saturday tomorrow afternoon on that check your local listings for details if you're not sure about what time Everything runs today and tomorrow. If you go to RadioLamont.com and scroll to the foot of the homepage, the RS2 IMSA Radio live broadcast schedule is there and it will automatically correct the times to your browser time. So as long as you've got your browser set on your home time, then it will correct to the time for you for our live broadcasts. And every single session live this weekend in audio or audio and video don't forget the imza app imza.tv and imza.com for all of the attendant second third fourth 11th screen information that you crave nowadays including the timing and scoring from our friends at alcamel who are just to our left in the race control building here on the start finish line and we really are on the start finish line here as jeremy shaw sits pretty much dead in line with the chequered strip that is across the Sam Posey Strait. 20 minutes to go. And we're into one of those little phases here where everyone is consolidating 
their times and their setups. Back in the pit lane, John Potter is now behind the wheel of the number 44, just having a chat with the team through the radio and being quite demonstrative with his hand gestures inside the number 44 Magnus racing car. And defending champion about to get in to the Porsche number 58. She, Adam, in fact, she's just gone out. Christina Nielsen in that car. On stickers. So Ooh. she's going to be a very happy camper. She's been out. Uh, they sent her out on the same rubber that Patrick Long did his first laps on. So now she's getting the opportunity to go out in a Porsche around Limerock Park on sticker Continental Tires. And Porsches very, very much like this track. Remember, it was uh, four of the six podium spots last year were filled with Porsches. And I don't think we could have squeezed another one on. Yeah, and uh, Porsche were testing their new GT3 car in a race that our colleagues, uh, headed by Ben Constantures, were covering at uh, in Portugal at the Algarve Circuit uh, last race weekend when we were up in Connell Tire uh, Motorsport Park in Canada. The Herbeth team drivers, but with team Manti support which is effectively the works GT team over in Europe and the FIA World Endurance Championship and by uh, all measures a pretty decent run they were running in SPX as the car's not completely homologated and gone through its balance of performance but uh, lots of happy smiling faces down there and that car we hear being made available to the customers hopefully by the end of the year and a new GT4 Porsche as well in the shape of a revision to the Cayman due to come at the end of the year as well going to be tight for them to get into the hands of the American competitors for a season that starts effectively in the first week of January for the Raw before the 24 but uh, everyone at Porsche Motorsport working hard for that. I mentioned the 44 Audi earlier on. John Potter still sitting in the pit lane at the moment and it looks like they might be having one or two uh, in fact as I say that he's just pulling away <laughs> and that was the sound of the car behind. I thought they might have been having one or two steering wheel um, problems with that car because Job was sort of motioning towards that. Andy Lally uh, a happy man the last time he was here in uh, a car with the four rings on it Shea. Yeah, no, genuinely, Andy, I don't know what was making you happier at, when I last talked to you at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. The fact that you guys made your first podium or the fact that you were coming back to Lime Rock Park in an Audi. Because the last time you were here in an Audi, it was a win. We had an excellent time. Last time uh, I was in a Magnus racing car here and it was uh, a pretty, pretty wild event. Uh, we've started off pretty well here and uh, John's doing a great job and his pace is really solid right now. So... Right now, we're just messing around, working on long run stuff. Uh, this track changes the most from stickers to a used set of tires than almost anything that we've got on any other circuit that we run in IMSA. So uh, it's something you always have to pay attention to. The, uh, our baseline is good, but we're a little bit free on the long run stuff right now. So just trying to make adjustments without absolutely killing the beginning part of the stint. And uh, we'll see. We'll go from there. Is this a race, having won here four times, that you can use that experience to your advantage, or does it not matter once the green flag is out? Have I won here four times? <laughs> um, no, absolutely. I, 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 I didn't know how many wins I had here, but I, I, 
I've been, this was where I did my Skip Barber School in 1993. So, so it's been, actually a lot more than four, but four IMSA wins. This is my 20, geez, now that, this is my 25th year coming here. Oh, I shouldn't have even said that out loud, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, gosh. So yes, I use that experience. I've been, I've been at this track through two repaves and a complete redesign. This infield was gravel. When I first came here, um, it, it's been really cool to see this track come along, and this was a track very, very close to home for me. So um, when I grew up on Long Island, and uh, so yeah, it, it's very cool. We apply that knowledge, but we also apply the expertise and the engineering of, of Magnus Racing to what we got here, and our help from Audi to uh, to try to get us some quick laps around here. Well, good luck over the course of the weekend. I know you're listening to John talking on the radio. Hope to see you back on the podium again. Thank you very much. Uh, there's a lot of drivers here this weekend, both in the Intermediate Sports Car Championship and probably particularly in the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge that had their first experience of racing yes. here at Lime Rock Park. We already heard from Rob Dyson, of course, uh, not racing this weekend, but you know, this is his uh, local track. But many, many drivers start off here with the Skip Barber Racing School uh, back in the day. And it's, it's cool to see one of the guys here who's making his, his debut, actually, in the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge this weekend, John Morley. Uh, he... Uh, uh, he started off here with the Skip Barber races. Actually, his last his last race here was 2001. What's that? 17 years ago in the Barber Dodge Pro Series. I talked a little while ago about Andy Lally uh, having made his 50th start last time out at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. That's because there have been 50 GTD class races since formation of the series. Right. 49 in GT11, 50 in. Uh, in the GTD, and uh, Andy is actually the only, only one, one that's done, all, done 50. all of them. Uh, Jerome Blakemolen missed VIR in 2014. Yes. Otherwise, that's why this weekend is going to be his 50th start uh, uh, in the in the championship. And the other two guys in in the GTD class are making their 50th start this weekend. Are uh, Brian Sellers. Uh, many of his races were in GTLM. Ah, yes. Uh, of and uh, Bill Oblin. Ditto. Ditto. So, See above uh, comment. So that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So that's why um, there is that slight anomaly. It would appear that, but uh, Andy Lally, as I say, is the only guy to have uh, competed in all 50 of the GTD races. And by the way, in the manufacturer side of it, um, of those 50 races, Porsche uh, has won 11, mm. just one more than BMW uh, with 10. Uh, next on the list is Ferrari with seven. Ferrari, of course, uh, hasn't won a race this year, nor actually has has Porsche. So um, that uh, battle for supremacy, which is so tight. I mean, again, we've got all 10 cars now in GTD so far in this session, covered by a fraction over three-tenths of one second. That's remarkable. Uh, got 13 minutes to go. Something for sure in perhaps the remainder of this session, and certainly maybe we can explore it a little more in the next IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. For the GT Le Mans cars, this is a very, very unusual racetrack for setup because of its uh, extremely right-handed nature. There's only really one left-handed corner, and it's uh, not really putting a lot of energy into the tyres. And I'd be interested to see who might tell you, Shea, what their their thinking is uh, towards tyres. A couple of changes... Um, that are important to note, uh, one in particular that, that will affect how they think, is that they don't have to start the race on the tyres on which they qualify in GT Le Mans. So that's a, a change of regulation uh, relatively recently. 
in IMSA. Therefore, you can put a quote-unquote qualifying set of tyres on. Because of the way this track is, you'll set the car up what the teams will call asymmetrically. So it won't actually be set flat. It will be set up to go round the right-handers. Yeah, not more square. Yeah. Yes, not square. Yes, indeed. Um, it'll be set up to go around the right-handers better because it's a right-hander track. So the opposite of a NASCAR, not quite as extreme as an oval setup because you don't have the banking. But what it almost certainly will mean is there, there is a potential to have a different tyre on each corner of the car, pretty much, with the options that Michelin provide for the GT Le Mans category. They talk about cool, uh, medium, medium hot and hot in terms of the construction and compounds of their tyres. Uh, and the uh, right-hand side tyres don't really do a lot of work here. So it might well be that you'll find uh, interesting setups between the manufacturers there. Yeah, and again, that goes back to what we were talking about a little while ago, that, that famous Formula, Formula Libra race here in 1959 that was indeed won, won by uh, Indy 500 winner Roger Ward. In, in a midget car, there, there were Formula One cars here, there were Indy cars here, there were uh, World Championship sports cars here that weekend, but it was that asymmetrically set uh, uh, midget car uh, with Roger Water Wheel that won this race, and that's the same sort of philosophy now that is, is carried on by the teams here. You're normally, as you say, you know, the, the, the toe uh, and the camber settings on each of the wheels will be symmetrical left and right for, mo for the vast majority of road courses, Correct. but here, uh, the car, like on an oval, uh, can be set to favour the, the right-hand turns here. This is the closest thing that we, we get to an oval, albeit a right-handed oval, a, a reverse oval in, in IMSA racing because of all the right-handed uh, corners, almost, if you will, New England short track style <laughs> racing, uh, if uh, we can put it in those terms. Uh, last 10 minutes of this first free practice session. Patrick Pelier back into the pits in the 9-11, having taken it over from... Nick Tandy, Joey Hand is in the 66 Ford, which still leads. So it's Ford, Porsche, Ford, Porsche, BMW, BMW, Corvette, Corvette. In GTD, Catherine Leg has had a couple of laps, but it's now back into the pit lane in the 86 car. That car in second. Dominic Bauman has just been out in the Lexus, which is first. So in GT Daytona, cars with the uh, green wing end plates. Uh, it is 14 Lexus, 86 Acura, 44 Audi from John Potter. Then the 96 BMW, Robbie Foley out in that car. We won't see the Lamborghini from Paul Miller Racing. Brian Sellers brought that car, the number 48, into the pit lane. That's the silver, black and red car. A little bit of unburnt fuel. Coming out of the exhaust pipe, catching fire. That's not unusual to see a car spitting a bit of flame, particularly if its engine has uh, expired and then needs restarting. But unfortunately, it was enough to set the rear bodywork alight and some remedial work being performed on that car in the paddock at the moment. And making up the top six is Justin Marks in the 93 Acura. So both Acuras in the top six. The 15 Lexus, strangely, off the pace of its teammate at the moment. Of course, I say that, we're talking about three-tenths of a second or <laughs> right. thereabouts. But three-tenths of a second on a 52-second lap, 53-second lap. But uh, that Lexus sitting down in 15th position with Mario Farmbacker subbing in for David Enemar Hansen 
this weekend. David uh, deciding not to come to this circuit. Saw a few of his tweets this week. Not one of his favourite places, I think it's fair to say. So has decided to step away for this race. But will be back for VIR, which is... Uh, uh, for Road America, which is the next race, and then VIR beyond that is another GT-only competition. A big weekend at Road America. Traditionally includes the man at the head of IMSA, Scott Atherton, giving us the view on this year's state of the series and, importantly, announcing all of the dates for the following season. Extraordinary that that can be put together so far ahead of time when so many other series are still messing around with calendars in January and February. But uh, that has become tradition in this latest iteration of IMSA. And we'll be carrying that live here on IMSA Radio. That will be the Friday evening of Road America. Uh, live in sound and vision, if we can make that happen give you more details of that when we get to Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin in a couple of weeks' time. Always worth watching and or listening to that. And for those of you who'll be at the track, we'll broadcast that over the PA speakers as well. Some interesting news to come out of that, I'm sure. Always. There's always a couple of little nuggets there that... Uh, Scott just holds back and then drops in for us, so can't wait for that one. Last six and a half minutes of the first free practice session, we're live from trackside, and we are literally next to the pit lane here, overlooking the start-finish line on the Sam Posey Strait here at Lime Rock Park as a Corvette and a Porsche respectively rumble and scream past us. That was the number four of Tommy Milner and the 911 of Patrick Pele and Pele just diving up the inside of Milner into Big Ben, the first corner. They're going round the outside of Christina Nielsen. Oh, was there a little touch there between the Corvette and Christina as he went round the outside? Maybe just a little bit of dust thrown up as the Corvette had to go offline in the hands of Tommy Milner. It's a decent lap from Patrick Pele despite his being slightly delayed coming through Big Bend. Yeah, just add, adding up some of the sector times here. The best time we've seen in this session so far is a 50.9. That was uh, much earlier by uh, Dirk Mueller in the Ford number 66. But uh, two or three of the cars there, if you add together their best sectors, they'd be down at 50.7. Right. Uh, so I think there's a lot more to come from most of these guys. Are we uh, going to see a 49 second lap, do you think? In qualifying um, for GTLM? Is yeah, that a possibility? Uh, Sorry, I'll try and get my voice down yeah. into a... Into su- I at the moment, it, I'm talking to Cats and Dolphins. The conditions should be pretty darn good tomorrow Yes, morning I would think so. Qualifying. The, the record is a 50.4. Oh, I think um, that might go. So it might. Yeah, I think the record might well go. Whether it get down below 50, I don't know. That could be interesting. That would be an awesome lap, really, when you yeah. think about it for a GT yeah. car. Yeah, pretty darn impressive. With, a, with the chicane. Yes, because these yes. cars are using yes, the chicane, indeed, yeah. the uphill chicane. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, uh, the the so the, the the Porsche today or this morning has set the fastest sectors one and two, and the Ford has the fastest third sector time. Actually, by quite a long, quite a long way, by about three tenths of a second. 
Dirk Muller was uh, quicker than everybody else. Well, no, uh, uh, more than a tenth, anyhow. So that just leads me to believe that there's much, there's a good bit more to come from most of these guys, and we will see that, I'm sure, tomorrow in qualifying. Track position here yeah, is pretty important. It's not easy to pass uh, around Lime Rock Park, particularly... Uh, as we've talked about all along, how, how competitive the field is. It's not easy to get past people here. So track position is quite important. I think we will see these guys pushing Having pretty a hard in qualifying. Yes. yes. It gives you at least a couple of laps of clean green flag mm. racing at each, at the start and any subsequent uh, restarts, although it's not beyond the bounds of possibility. We've seen long green flag segments here in the past and with 18 cars here uh, and a the driving calibre that we have here, yeah. um, it, it could be that we go green flag all the way through. Yeah, and there's not that much difference between all of the cars here in terms of ultimate lap time. I mean, the fastest of the GTD cars is uh, only about uh, about a half a second, fractionally more than half a second, slower than the slowest GTLM car set this morning. And uh, the, you know, we've thought, already talked about the fact there's three tenths of a second uh, and a... And a, and a a tick of the watch covers, covers all 10 GTD cars. Yes. So from first to last in the whole field is about a, is about a second and a half, yeah. which is not very much. No. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it, it is going to be uh, pretty tight. And when, when the GTLM cars come up to, to lap the GTD cars, which will happen, but not early on. It's not, yeah. gonna, not, not like if there are prototypes here, they're in, in amongst the traffic Correct. within three or four laps. It's going to take a, lot, a, long, a lot while longer. And because there's going to be a big, long train of cars, that's going to make things really tricky in the race. Last three minutes. Um, before we get to the, to the checkered flag here in this session, which has been uninterrupted or encumbered by uh, any issues so far, the problem for the Paul Miller racing car, which, by the way, is back up on its hijacks and almost ready to come out. I don't think it'll be back out this session, clearly, but... the the guys have worked really hard. Should just make the point, which we were talking about in Midweek Motorsport, which I hosted live from here on Wednesday, um, with the rest of the team spread across the globe. I think that was possibly the uh, most variance we've had. Uh, I was here, Shea was in Canada, Declan was just outside Boston, uh, Johnny Palmer was on Clapham uh, Railway Station. <laughs> And Nick Damon was somewhere in the centre of the UK, very close to Milton Keynes, uh, with Tim in London. So that was quite a good spread uh, at the on the Wednesday night show. Uh, yeah, um, we spoke about it there. We haven't mentioned it here, but the 86 car is confirmed for the rest of the season now. Catherine Legg uh, will get the opportunity to fight for the Drivers' Championship. Varro Parent had to miss the Detroit race because that car wasn't actually meant to race there originally, only doing the longer races. That was the plan. But in with a shout of the championship for the overall championship in uh, for the GT Daytona championship there for the drivers. And therefore, great work by MSR to uh, shake the money tree. And that literally is what it comes down to, to find the backing, to keep that car in the championship. XM Sirius on the car um, prominently at Canadian Time Motorsport Park and continuing here at Lime Rock Park. So well done to everyone in the MSR organisation for giving Catherine the chance to fight for the championship. And we said this uh, back at 
Watkins Glen, but Brian Sellers and the guys at uh, Paul Miller Racing will be delighted about that because they want to fight for the championship as well. Yeah, they certainly do. And just three points and separating Brian Sellers and Madison Snow from Catherine Legg coming into this mm. weekend. And just remarkable consistency from both of those two squads. I mean, the worst finish for Paul Miller Racing and Brian Sellers and Madison Snow was a, was a fourth. That was last time out at Canadian Time Sport Park. And the worst finish for the Acura was the eighth at Sebring. So it's been pretty impressive. Of course, we don't yet have a repeat winner in GT Daytona this season. So, checkered flag is in Dennis's hand, is it? Yes, it is. And he's waiting for the countdown, which is three, two, one, and spot on the money, as ever. The checkered flag is waved. Let's see who sees it first. That sounded like a Porsche. That was a Porsche. It was the 912 of Lawrence Van Tour getting a few laps in towards the end of that. Earl Bamber doing the lion's share of the work. But his last lap of 51.9. Uh, not too shoddy for Lawrence. Likening this track to a little bit to Macau. Um, I hope not as much as when he won the Macau GT race there because, of course, he crossed the chequered flag line on his roof. Um, yeah, not generally recommended, that, is it? It's an interesting way to win a race. Um, gets a lot of YouTube views, but uh, not recommended as Jeremy's. It's not in the driver's handbook, that one, is it? And a little bit of surface wear over at the chicane at turn five, the uphill. Guys are riding the kerbs there on the left hand of the middle part of it. And the cars run so low here. The bottoms of the cars and the extreme grippiness of the tyres. Just beginning to mark up the surface. Looks like that's the bottom of the cars that are doing that. If that was bowler's foot marks and we were talking cricket, you'd have the spinner on bowling into that straight away because it's just scuffing up a little bit there. Might get a bit of turn out of an otherwise uh, perfectly smooth surface. Let's have a quick word with Kyle Marcelli, who is part of the Lexus team, the 14 car sitting on top of GT Daytona. Continental Tire Pitlane Report with Shad. Well, Kyle is uh, the only guy in the paddock who's as busy as we are, John. You're doing everything, driving in every single session. But it's nice when you start it, and uh, it's your name at the top of the charts. 14 Lexus looking pretty good at Lime Rock, huh? Yeah, uh, but you know what? It is an extremely tight grid. I'm looking at it myself, and the whole GTD field is within three-tenths of a second. So um, it's going to be a tight race. I think it's, it's going to be all about qualifying and then just surviving and getting to the end. Uh, the GTLMs are... They're difficult cars for us to race with, for in, in you know whether you're in the GTLM situ uh, seat or, or the GTD seat, um, the, the speed differences aren't that dramatic. So we really gotta uh, be smart on where we let them by and where they overtake us. But uh, for me, yeah, busy weekend, both uh, both in Conti and WeatherTech. It's back and forth all day long. I got my suitcase with me in pit lane, and I'm I'm doing the suit dance, and it's all good though. See you on the other pit box in a couple minutes. Yeah, see you there. Adam uh, wrapping up our coverage of the first free practice session for IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Every session of every championship, well, both the championships, here this weekend is live. It is Ford on top of the pile for GT Le Mans, uh, 50.924 for the 66 Chip Ganassi GT car. 
and the Lexus, if you heard, the 14 Lexus. Uh, in fact, Lexus bracket the GTD team with the 14 on top and the 15 in 10th position. Normally you'd worry about that, but Mario Farnbacher, who did most of the work, I mean, what, three, three and a bit tenths between uh, top and bottom, Jeremy. There's nothing too much to worry about there. No, it's amazing. I mean, the, the, the top three cars, number 14 Lexus, number 86 Acura, number 44 Audi, all at a 52.3. And then the, rem the remainder of the field, except for, Mar for Mario Farnbacher and Jack Hawksworth in the number 15 car, all at 52.5 something. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's just <laughs> incredible. It really is. Jeremy's going to be so making yeah, it's it one tenth, you know, Less than a tenth of a second covering, what was that, seven cars? It's yes. Six cars. Yeah. Just extraordinary stuff. They'll be out doing it again, and when they are, we'll be here talking about it. The whole weekend from Lime Rock Park is live here on IMSA Radio. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.